0: ice media network um this is our first show since the the draft the live show for the draft and um I still haven't calmed down Scott how are you doing
1: I am very happy I wasn't a part of uh the show last Thursday
0: well it would have been I saw better a tiny clip. yeah if I would have been better if you had um uh if you had been here, because as far as I know, you're the only person on earth who didn't hate the Jameer Gibbs pick besides Man Campbell. So it would have been nice to get that uh that counter, that counter argument there in um in, in real time on the show. But yeah, you know, they clipped, they clipped my reaction to them taking Jameer Gibbs. So Lions took a running back 12th overall. Let's dooming the process of winning the Super Bowling time the next four years. Um, unless they get really lucky on a quarterback, like unless Henry Hooker is an all-pro or something. I don't um, think
1: they should play games at this point. Why even bother playing? Let's just announce. oh because
0: because the good teams still to, the, the good teams who do it right still have to settle things, right? Like Cincinnati sure. and Buffalo, Kansas City, and Philadelphia and San Francisco still have to like play it out. Um but uh you think yeah. the Eagles
1: did good things?
0: Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh okay. they're 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 just I mean they're just fantastic the way they go about building their building their team, even when they make mistakes, they make them in the right direction. Um uh but yeah, no. The teams that, that the bad teams stay bad because they don't know how they don't know what they're doing when it comes to building teams. I don't think they quite realize the, the exact nature of the game that they're playing. Um, and the good teams stay good because they do a good job with it. And then some teams like the Seahawks do a terrible job and just fall ass backwards into good picks. So you know, sometimes you just get uh sometimes you just get lucky like that. So I do want to start though with NFL draft recap um, with a, an example of a team that like. I like it's the Houston Texans. I really like the new head coach and you know, I I think that they've got some potential, but the decisions they made in this draft, you know, early in this draft again just indicate this is a team that doesn't doesn't know what they're doing.
1: So, <clears throat> I think it is unfair and unnecessary to say that they don't know what they're doing.
0: OK, I'll reiterate they
1: exactly what they're doing.
0: Oh, well, <laughs> yes. Uh, so so, yes, in the uh, literal de- denoted sense. Yes, you're right. They, they know what they're doing. I guess th- to, to say it more to more uh, precisely. What they don't know what they're doing is a really bad idea.
1: But consider that part of the decision making process doesn't care
0: care about building a good team. I would feel like the. Uh, it's,
1: not it's not relevant. When the owner tells you, you must draft quarterback at two. This is who you're taking. It's a problem.
0: Oh, that's, that's perfectly fine. That's actually the smartest decision anybody made yet. That's not the issue. They might take it the wrong one. I would have taken Anthony Richardson, but you know.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I would argue that taking, taking a bad quarterback or a potentially flawed quarterback uh is as problematic as any decision that you can make with the exception of you have to continue doing that till you find the right one right and ignoring that position is continuing to put yourself in a position to draft very early it just is mm-hmm. um you know I, I i can't i i just i can't we're going to be on the same page on the whole trade up to back to up to 3. I cannot believe they gave all that up. Yes. For a non-quarterback. It just yes. blows my mind.
0: Yeah, so what Houston did is that they traded um if I understand it correctly, number 12 and number 34, a 2024 first round pick and a 2024 third round pick to move from the 12th pick to the third pick. Which gave them two picks in a row. They used their own second pick on CJ Shroud and at number 3 they took Will Anderson, um edge rusher out Alabama and you're right, that paying that price for a non-quarterback is insane. And so I the note that I wrote down here is that they could have stood pad at 12 and taken Jackson Smith and Jigba to pair with this college quarterback, Stroud, the Qubit that they took. They could have taken Christian Gonzalez. They could have taken Broderick Jones. All very good prospects. And while they may not be as good as Will Anderson, the delta between Will Anderson and them is not as great as the value of everything they gave up to get to Will Anderson
1: likely yes that's I mean I know I I I'm with you completely I mean UK. they gave up so much right. um I wonder what they were thinking about in terms of pick two and three and what the financial ramifications are in the order in which they picked these guys like that's a consideration too I don't know when they I don't know when they collaborated with with Arizona to make this trade. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like
0: it had to be on the clock. I mean, you right? Do think
1: that they would have had part of this deal or or the majority of this deal done before they made pick before they took Stroud?
0: Well, well maybe, but it was it was on draft day. That it was on Thursday. I don't sure. think Houston had consensus about what they're going to do it to when they woke up on Thursday morning.
1: Really? Okay. Um, I'd be floored if that was if that was true.
0: I think that the owner wanted the quarterback. The new coach wanted the defensive end, and the GM tried to make both people happy. Uh huh. Because the GM's going to be the first one fired because the owner doesn't get fired. The coach is brand new, <laughs> so the GM's like, how do I appease both of these people? As so we have a situation where the GM might be sacrificing the efficient future of the Texans to try to protect their own, um, their own job. So you know yeah, I, I it's
1: possible i'm bringing him something that he just simply doesn't care about cuz he probably won't be there is just looking at the finances between fifth year option between pick 2 and pick 3 yeah uh the slot money all that stuff like you know some of that stuff is just was it was strange to me but giving up giving up what will essentially be a top 5 pick at least next year to draft uh, and a third rounder next year to draft um will anderson to me is a lunacy
0: right and we can't uh, stress this enough like the top of the draft board next year is going to be very similar to the top of the draft board last year right remember last year chris olave was the 11th pick and we were all like oh yeah okay right like yeah. it's yeah. going to be like that next year with marvin Harrison at the is the top nine quarterback most likely so you don't want if you're a bad team to be giving away your picks next year. Cause next yeah, year's next bold.
1: year's draft is gonna look a little bit like the draft from 2021.
0: That's the Jamar Chase Kyle Pitts.
1: Yeah, with a bunch of tackles with yeah, you know, some really good players at the top of the draft.
0: Right. And so and some, for the-
1: and some like potentially two to three quarterbacks, maybe more. Yeah. Um, if Drake may takes a step, Caleb Williams is there. I don't know what JJ McCarthy's doing. Um, you know, there's always somebody who shows up that we don't expect yep. could be a McCall. Yep. you know, um, but then, you know, there's Marvin Harrison. There's, there's some tackles, the Penn state tackle, the Notre, uh, Joe Alta, Notre Dame tackle. <clears throat> Those are, you know, the top five to seven picks next year, a year out. Now, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, we said, yeah, but sometime, sometimes
0: you can players. tell. Like, yeah. the only way Joe Alt's not a top seven pick is either that he tears an ACL or somebody else passes him and it's still a good class. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. not just cratering down. But the thing is, there's going to be another Peter Skoronsky that emerges and also joins them. So, we're probably looking at like a, you know, some team said this year they had like 12 to 15 players with first round grades. There will be 25 next year, right?
1: I don't know how many first round graded ones will be, but I think the top. I think the top of the draft has a different vibe than yeah. this year's class does. There's two tackles. The, the one, I think his name is Ole Fashun from Penn State. He's really yeah. good. Um, I might have butchered his name, but like, you know, you have you have multiple, you have multiple tackles, you have a premier wide receiver, you have quarterbacks. We're we're not even getting involved in the defensive side of the ball yet. Um to just sacrifice all that stuff for what I would consider I don't I don't like Anderson as much as a lot of people did. you know, I don't think he's the slam dunk ten to twelve sack a guy dominant defensive end, you know, for five to seven year that's not his game
0: but but here's the thing this isn't true because if you knew exact outcomes, like the math doesn't work. But you know where I'm going with this. Let's say that we knew Will Anderson was going to be Khalil Mack. Like we knew Will Anderson was going to be the exact same player as Khalil Mack. This deal might still not be worth it. Like Khalil Mack may not pay this move off. Right? It would for Kansas City. It would for Philadelphia. But for Houston, that may not do it. So, you know, the only position that you can give up that that hall for is quarterback because if you end up with Mahomes or Allen or Hertz or somebody like that, now it's going to pay off. And yeah. we we really can't undersell this. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best wide receiver prospect since Julio Jones. And by the time the draft comes around, he may be the best since Calvin Johnson.
1: Um I don't know that he's the athlete that Calvin Johnson is, but I, I, I mean, again, I think oh, I said
0: since Calvin, I didn't say he's going to pass Calvin. I said since Calvin, okay.
1: I think Chase is a better prospect. But regardless, he is by far to me, he's by far the best receiving prospect since Chase
0: at this chase, point, The difference is that um, Harrison has similar. Production profile, I mean, Chase's sophomore year was ridiculous with Justin Jefferson and Joe Burrow and all that. Joe Burrow threw 60 touchdowns, but Harrison has a similar production profile at a major program. He will also play his junior year. He's four inches taller and like 20 pounds heavier. So, you know, assuming Harrison comes out and just puts up a junior year like we're expecting, he will surpass Chase as a prospect, which is not a knock on Jamar Chase. No, I mean, Jamar Chase is awesome.
1: He went fifth in that class. And yeah. He's lived up to that and he has been an awesome player. Yes, that's all yeah. I mean, I think that's where, where Harrison is ending up in the top five. Yeah, awesome player. Uh the opportunity to to draft that guy is in your lap, and you gave it away for Will Anderson.
0: Right, right. And so Houston, like another thing, too, for Houston, they have to anticipate that even if they hit on quarterback, even if CJ Stroud is good they could still pick high next year. Justin Fields is pretty good. The Bears had the first overall pick because you can't have just a quarterback. Like Peyton Manning was 3-13 his first year. Troy Aikman 1-15. You could hit on Stroud and still pick in the top five. And getting him Harrison again would be pretty 100% great. 100% you can. I mean, the Bears
1: picked, look, you know, right. logically, they had the first pick in right. this draft. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like – if you're Arizona and you look at, and let's say, I mean, they, I'm sure they had multiple offers, but if the consideration is who's picking earliest next year, let's take their offer. Okay. Arizona, it is. I mean, Arizona could, could easily pick, be the worst team in the NFL with Kyler out for a half a season. Yeah. They, they, they easily could. So it's possible that, that Arizona is going to end up, you know, having two top five picks. Uh maybe even better than that.
0: Yeah, um, in a loaded class, they came up with the top heck on the board and Marvin Harrison.
1: They could, they maybe forced, uh into a situation where they move away from Kyler Murray. I don't know what they're I mean, I don't know what they would do. Yeah, you know, Caleb Williams or Kyler Murray, what do you want to do in that scenario? It's just um I just you know, in the end, the idea of Will Anderson of all players in this class, because I'm not sure, I mean, I think you're looking at And we, I think we've talked about him him here. Um, He was a very different player in 2021, 2022. I think he played light. I think he played in the, uh, I would say he played in the high two twenties, low two thirties. I do think he bulked up a little for this season and it it showed he looked like a different player. He looks stiffer. He has a very strange body uh, type. He has a very thick lower body and, A somewhat—I don't want to say underdeveloped because that's that's the wrong word—but but but he's not like this, you know, rocked-up dude, um, you know, in his shoulders and his arms and all that stuff. He just has a strange build, Um, and his play style is really unique. He's a bull rush only kind of player, Uh, a player who wants to live inside more than outside. Which I give him credit because it takes it takes a mindset to do that, and he's a great run defender, right? But he's not a player who. Really is going to threaten the corner, even with against college tackles. And it's he's, just not, like, he's not a Bosa. No, I mean he's not. I would be stunned if he was um, like a re, like a good pass rusher at the NFL level. I would be surprised. I know that's a hot take, but I just would be. I would be a little bit surprised if he turned into anything more than just kind of a you know a good solid player who's a very physical guy. Uh, you know, a try hard. Um, I mean, he's going to put up pr- production and a lot of stuff. He's going to get the opportunity to do that. I just don't think his physical profile matches what they gave up. And I don't think it's close.
0: No. At all. And specifically, so this is why we keep talking about this, is because it's important because a lot of the coverage will cover, like, what teams do a good job. And we have one of those coming up, in my opinion. But why the bad teams stay bad, right? You have Houston who last year took a guard in the first round with one of their picks. He seems okay, but he's a guard, right? And passed on Sauce Gardner for Derek Stingley. Now, Stingley might be okay, but at the same position, you passed on Sauce. So you really made two huge mistakes last year. Now you're going to compound it with a mistake you cannot get out of. Like I said, even if Will Anderson is Von Miller, it still may not be worth it. He is not Von Miller. Right. That's not even,
1: that's but even, not even in the possibilities. But let's
0: but, say that his mother gets to control the universe <laughs> for the next 10 years, and he's Von Miller. Like, okay. even in that case, what they gave up and what they could do with that, especially the quality of next year's class and that yeah. most likely top five pick, is probably better on balance anyways. Right? You know, it'd be close. And that's if he's a Hall of Famer. If he's even just like a three-time pro bowler, it, it's a loss. It's a yeah, major it's loss.
1: Kind of. Um, it almost doesn't matter what Stroud uh, – you've hamstrung them so much with this right. trade that it almost doesn't matter what Stroud does early in his career. It's plenty of time because quarterbacks play for a long time. But that is – that was really confusing. That one uh, was one of the more confusing trade-ups – that I think we've seen it just because I don't think he was, he's a premier player. Right. If it's, if it's, if it's Joey Bosa or Nick Bosa or uh, miles Garrett. Okay. Yeah. You can understand it. Like, all right, this dude anchors your defensive line. He is perennial pro bowl or type player. Yep. We're not finding that next year. We don't want to wait till next year. Um, the, with the, the fans have hung in here long enough with what we've got going on. You know what I mean? But, I don't know. It just, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe we're going to look back at this and, and it'll all make sense. But even, even a couple days out, it just doesn't make sense what they gave up. It's just too much.
0: But that's the thing. Like for these sorts of decisions, because I was sort of saying this offline, a lot of these factors are known. The salary cap, the rates, how much you have to pay the rookies, the fifth year option, the total number of people on the team, the relative value of the different positions on the team. Since all that is known, you don't really need, like, you don't need to wait for the result. You can kind of already know, right? It's like if you shove all in with seven-deuce offsuit under the gun, that's bad, unless, like, you have, like, six big blinds. But say you have a decent stack, like, it's bad. It doesn't matter if everybody else calls and you win and you win the tournament. It was still bad, right? That's this fair. Bad.
1: But if Nick Casario is leaving this job, he is approaching this like he does have six big blinds. I have nothing to
0: lose. Correct.
1: So that's what I was saying earlier. Like we don't know exactly what the motivations were. We don't know how involved the ownership group was. There's a lot of things that we don't know about, but um, all we know is on its face, what it looks like. And it looks bad, very bad on its face. I mean, Houston can, can uh, they can be happy. They got the quarterback they wanted at pick two, whether they wanted young or not, doesn't matter. And they can be happy they got what they consider the best pass rusher in the draft. But, you know, next year when that team, when that bad team is shut out of the first round and doesn't have a third rounder, uh, good luck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're in a lot of trouble. And, and CJ Stroud's in trouble too. It's too bad because I got him in a lot of dynasty spots and that's, that's too bad for him. Now, I do want to move on to a team that I thought did a good job in the draft. I think you might disagree. Um, and to be fair, I'm specifically talking about their, their like their first round and then a trade that they made. I don't know, like maybe their fifth round pick was horrendous, but um, that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah,
1: so I, the, I don't care. Their fifth
0: rounders and their
1: later round stuff doesn't.
0: Yeah, I'm not like, I
1: would, but, that's, but, arguing about that stuff is crazy. But, so, but it's sometimes, a pick.
0: yeah, but sometimes sometimes it can be. I was for one thing, running backs and cornerbacks cornerbacks tend to hit more in later rounds than say wide receiver. So you'd rather take a wide receiver in the third and running back in the fifth and vice versa on balance, right? So it could be small things like that. But the reason I like what the Eagles did is that it continues what they did really for the last few years. Because a few years ago, Howie Roseman, their GM, needed a wide receiver at 20th overall or 21st, and he took Jalen Rager. The very next pick, the Vikings took Justin Jefferson. Similar to the mistake that Houston made taking Stingley over Sauce Gardner. Now, Stingley might not be a bust like Rager, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, the cornerback position is super volatile. So, yes. it wouldn't surprise anybody if Stingley has a
0: good season and Sauce yes. is,
1: you know, water finds its level kind of thing.
0: Yes, but uh, this was really bad. So, coming back uh, the next year, two years later, I think, uh, to rectify the situation last year, he trades his first round one of his first-round picks to Tennessee for AJ Brown, easy. I, I would trade the rights to the Marvin Harrison Jr. for AJ Brown, right? Because AJ Brown, he's he's a no commodity. He's done. He's only twenty five. Like that's yeah. that's yeah. a no brainer. He then also trades up one spot last year to secure Jordan Davis from Georgia because they really need defensive tackle help. They need to get younger on defense as well. Yes, they do. This year, this year as a result of some other deals, they're picking tenth as well as thirtieth with the tenth pick. They trade up one spot with the Bears, give up a fourth rounder and take Jalen Carter, who, in my opinion, is the best non-quarterback prospect in the class. And getting him at nine because of all the off field stuff or whatever is a very reasonable bet. The
1: risk there is like the risk there is um, it's it's big.
0: With Yes, but the re- but the but the reward is huge as well. This is a classic Chris Carter, Warren Sapp, sort of situation, like guy, guy potentially could be a knucklehead, um, but if we can get him right, he gets it turned around. He's he's what twenty one, right? Yeah. If you yeah. get it turned around, then it really pays off huge. And, you know, if they were picking at say number three overall, maybe it's not worth it. And maybe nine isn't quite – maybe they take Christian Gonzalez or they take Peter Skowronski or somebody else who's safe. Sure. But the other thing with the Eagles for their exact position, they can afford to take this risk more than the bad teams can. They've put I mean, themselves some in a position –
1: But their window is going to close super fast because their defense is old and getting
0: older. That's all the more reason to take the risk when you can have a chance as a really good team to get the best defensive prospect who's only 21. Right, like the payoff for them is worth even more because their defense is so old. Like it's an outsized benefit if it hits. So if it hits, which is probably because his talent is there. So yeah, like
1: that's undeniable. It's just the risk, um, it's even riskier if that's the case. That you're relying upon this guy to kind of to kind of resolve the issues on your defensive line. And there is nothing in the last few months. That would tell you that he's interested in doing that.
0: Nothing. Yes. However, this is one of those cases why you know Darnell Washington fell to the third round because there was a medical on his knee yeah. that the public didn't yeah. know about.
1: Yeah.
0: Jalen Carter was involved in some capacity, not at fault according to the law, but in some capacity in a car accident that killed a teammate in a Georgia staffer on January fifteenth of this year. He is twenty-one years old.
1: In November of last year, he was pulled over for going eighty nine a forty five.
0: Yes, and I, and and I would not be shocked. This is conjecture, but this is not not be shocked. He gets the eighty nine to forty five ticket in November. Doesn't matter. I'm going to be the first overall pick. I'm going pro. I'm going to be a millionaire. I play for Georgia. We're unstoppable. Whatever, whatever. Sure. I'm not changing nothing. January, same behavior leads to people close to him being killed. Yes. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that this leads to a massive depression, soul searching, the whole thing, you know, because of his, his, his potential future being important to so many people, they're going to get him counselors or whatever, stuff like that. I can see him going in to organizations, the pricking of the top 10 and being honest about this and being like, I should have learned it in November and I did it. And because of that, or as a result, or like it's so a part of that, is what sort of led to this awful tragedy. I like I'm not like this is not happening again. I can't have this. Like I can't do this. Again. You know what I mean? Like I don't get it. Um, and, and so to but me it's so. But during the
1: pro day, like what happens during the pro day?
0: Uh I don't think that like he was out of shape at the pro day. I I would not be shocked if he. Boy, like if he really just needed like a mental health break for a while. I mean, he was involved in something horribly tragic, even if he wasn't at fault. You know, he might be thinking to himself, I could have said, no, we shouldn't do this. Or if I had just paid attention to the judge when I got the 89 and the 45, I can't consider beating himself up. Like we don't know what's going on with that, but we've seen what he's like at his peak. And the accelerating circumstances do indicate a reason why he would have been at his peak right now. So if I'm the Eagles picking at nine, that is a very good risk to take, especially if the conversations could lead you to think that, you know, as you're talking it through with him. If he came to the interviews and he was like, you know, yeah, I got caught that one time in November, but they're going to catch me again. You know what I mean? I love fast cars. Well, then yes, now it's a real problem. But if he came in contrite, feeling bad, you know, kind of breaking down like that sort of thing, I... If
1: that's if that's the case then why why does he fall to 9 and why is he off multiple teams boards in the top 8? I mean you know what I'm saying I'm not I'm not dismissing what you're saying because I think that yeah. he needs some he needs a little bit of understanding from all of us as fans that he went through an incredibly tragic thing for a young kid and he could be blaming himself for it.
0: Yes. That.
1: Yeah. Yes. So but but then there's the—I mean, there's other stuff too. Like you heard the McShay stuff. Um, he's a lot to handle off the field. He has been the entire time. You're mm-hmm. betting—it's a huge bet. The Eagles placed a large bet that they have the structure inside and outside that room to get him straight, to get right. him going in the right direction. They did. Yes. I think it's—I think it's a a gamble that they did not need to take if they were interested in winning um a super bowl now i would say that it's a longer term it's it's probably a better move in the long term than it is in the short term it's hard for rookies to come in and just be super dominant players uh you know especially inside like that physically all those things um i just think it's there's a ton of risk and not a lot of reward in year 1
0: so for the whole of year one, I agree with you for the end of year one, right? Like you could see by, you know, after Thanksgiving, kind of where we were hoping for James Williams last year, right? Like, yeah. like yeah. if Jalen Carter were coming off a torn ACL and he went ninth here, we'd be like, yeah, okay. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah. It, there's not gonna be a lot in year one, but you know, yeah. once he comes back from his injury, you know, maybe he can get in there and help towards the end of the season. They expect to be playing in January. So, you could see that same sort of thing happening here. When he gets back to the structure of a football program, all of this stuff that happened, not the November ticket, but the accident and all that happened after football was over. So,
1: you yeah, know, I, I to- do think everything, even the November stuff, I think it's in the past. This is yeah. a reset button. This is an yeah. opportunity for him right. to like, all right, everything, including the national championship, all that stuff is in the past. Everything going forward is, is what I, I have to work on what's going forward. Right? right, what's what's in my future? Um, if in the end the Eagles win a Super Bowl and he's a productive part of of helping them win it, they made a great pick.
0: They did. I think that they made a great pick, anyways. And I think that you asked earlier, like why he was off some teams' boards in the top eight. Yeah. And my answer for that is that I think that there's a lot of shitty teams picking in the top eight who have a bad process. Also, I think that the risk is too great for a really bad team. And I think that the risk might be too great for an unstable organization. So yeah. the Eagles were the first team picking that are an undoubtedly good team. The organization is stable, right? The coaches not going anywhere. The GM yeah. is not going anywhere, right? They're, they're locked in. Yeah. So they have a stable organization. They're a good team. And they're the first team picking in that, in that situation. Right. Um,
1: the old, well, the, the other, other component of it too is they have Jordan Davis there already. Yes, you'd know what Jordan Davis and 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 uh, Jalen Carter look like together, both you know on the field plus off the field, like mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like you know how they work together and and the yeah. vibe they have together. So, I mean, the Eagles had a little bit of a home field advantage in the Jalen Carter stuff with yes. with Davis being in the room already, um,
0: and N'Kobe Kobe and I, Dean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. Well,
0: he was um, the team captain of, the, of their first championship team. Like that's gotta yeah, be. He was important.
1: He, yeah. yeah, he was, but I'm just saying play style and how they, how they fit yeah. together and what the, you know, the things that they do together. Um, you know, I do think that, uh, I mean, it's an interesting place for Carter to go. I'm fascinated to see what his future holds, to, what he looks like as a pro. I, he could be, he could be a dominant pro, Um I think we're seeing a little bit of those Georgia D line guys kind of um because they wrote rotate. There's so much of rotation happening there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I don't quite want to, I don't think it's a fully formed thought or opinion yet, but I'm not sure if these guys are better than the, than the, you know, individually, are they better than, than the sum of their parts? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I don't know that they're as good individually as as they were as a unit as a group at Georgia and like was Trayvon Walker uh, a great player in year one?
0: No they should take it Hutchinson but thanks for not doing that
1: right and did did Jordan Davis do much as a rookie
0: until he no. got hurt he was doing pretty good especially on like obvious rundowns that sort of thing I mean yeah. he, he but he he's he's not supposed to be Aaron Donald that's not his.
1: No, His game. and he's, no, that's, I mean, he's an, a, he's an athletic, freaky, huge guy. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, all around the board, like Nickobe Dean's a good example. He didn't play much at all for them. You know, um, it's just like, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I mean, they, they're loading up on these Georgia guys. And obviously yeah. Georgia has really good football players, but as pros, it's yet to be determined whether this group from that team, whether these guys are going to make it and be, you know, where, you know, justify where they were taken. Cause a lot of them were taken very early.
0: Yes. Um, Trayvon Walker, of course has great athleticism, but Jalen Carter the, was the most talented defensive player at Georgia he during the stretch. Was. He was. <laughs> like he was. it's not even close, yes, which is really saying something, It is right? Like, and that's the thing too. There's been some other defenses, of course, we know Michigan, He's the Aiden Hutchinson of that Georgia defense. He's the most talented person there. There's a lot of other good ones, but he yeah. was the man. So I think that it's a worthwhile gamble gamble to take, and I can understand why teams picking higher, and you know, the Raiders joke franchise, and the Falcons joke franchise, like, wouldn't think to take, wouldn't think to take Carter. Um, the other pick that they made was at 30th. They took Dolan Smith out of Georgia. Do you know why he fell? He was projected like top 15, ends up going 30th.
1: So I think he's very small, um, super small. Mm-hmm. And his at, at playing on the edge there, not being able to drop into coverage really all that well, it's not something, something they really asked him to do. Uh, I think he was much more of a combine tester than football player. And my guess is that's about where most teams had him going. Okay. Um, I don't know. This is another one. You're gambling. You already have Hassan Reddick in the building, a very undersized pass rusher. So maybe there's some sense in, in having Nolan Smith sort of transition to take over for Reddick when, when that time comes. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But it's another gamble on a super small guy when those guys really don't work, they have never worked. The, the crazy, athletic, super small edge players. They just don't really ever work.
0: Levante David?
1: He's a linebacker.
0: So is Nolan Smith.
1: He's a pass rusher.
0: I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, David plays more in the middle of the field. But yeah. Jet Campbell. Je- excuse- who? who? <laughs> um, We're not talking about that. <laughs> yeah. And then there's uh, one other thing that the Eagles did related to the draft that it's just unbelievable. And we're not going to talk about, it. we're not going to talk about the Lions. We have to talk about Lions a little bit here. That is that they traded a fourth round pick for DeAndre Swift. Um
1: a fourth rounder in two drafts. Which yes, is a, a sixth rounder this year.
0: Yes. And if they don't retain DeAndre Swift, they will get a fourth rounder back as a compensatory pick. <laughs> so they get the free roll up. They have <laughs> it's helpful, but okay. Yeah. So uh they get to the free roll. See DeAndre Swift. Now we know DeAndre Swift has had some issues, but we also know that he's on the field. He's very explosive. Um, for the
1: seven minutes he's healthy a season, yes,
0: That's yes. True. But the but for the Eagles, those seven minutes could be in the Super Bowl. They so we'll so see. they could be right. He he, DeAndre Swift can do whatever Jerick McKinnon does. Is basically what I'm saying. So yeah, just, it could the happen.
1: Problem with Swift is I don't think he wants to play through being a little bit nicked up. Yes. Um, and that was the issue the lions had with him is that on top of whatever, whatever play style issues and, and like vision stuff and whatever it is where there were flaws in his game, he refused to play through, um, you know, little stuff where he wasn't a hundred percent, but it was obvious that when he was a hundred percent, he was a pretty electric player. It, yes. just, it, it doesn't happen very often and he doesn't yeah. stay healthy for long, for, for stretches and. Um, you know, I mean, for, for the Eagles, that's, you're right. I mean, you know, do you think they care about a fourth round or a, a fourth round pick in two in two drafts? No, no, no.
0: So, and this is why the Eagles are just such a smartly run franchise. Their four running backs now on their roster, who I think they're going to retain all four are Deandre Swift, Rashad Penny. Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott. Those four combine to cost 2.5% of the salary cap. Yep. The most expensive one is actually Boston Scott at $1.98 million this year. Yeah. The winner of best ball mania three this year will win $3 million. The, the winner of best ball mania three will win as much money as Rashad Penny and Boston Scott make combined. Um, and I would say that these four running backs is a room comprised one of the best running back rooms in the league. They might be missing that really top angle. You know, they don't have Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, but would you rather have Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford and dust or all four of these guys? You know what I mean? Like it's, and especially at the cost, Yeah. like this is where the Eagles are going to be able to afford all these other pieces are going to go and sign veterans to do whatever. Sure. Right. Because they're going to get great production. So my next question is this. Combined rushing and receiving yards, Lions running backs versus Eagles running back this year, which position group gets more total yards?
1: I mean, I think it's the Lions and it's not close, but, you know. I mean, I think the Eagles have a little handicap there. Because Hertz runs with the ball so much, so you're you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I think it's the Lions, but you're rushing and receiving. Yeah, I think it's
0: the Lions. You think it's the Lions? Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah I suppose if we included designed rushing plays for Hertz, it might get a little bit closer. But you oh, get, yeah. but, but you, but you get the point that I'm making, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. That we we're paying we're, we the Lions are paying David Montgomery six million dollars which is a million dollars more than these four guys are making combined. Um, And that's just... So that's just... That's even really a knock on the David Montgomery deal, which is not... It's not a ton of money, but it just shows just how smart the Eagles are at this team-building thing. It shows why, like, future decisions that the Eagles make where I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about that. They're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Whereas when Houston makes them, I'm going to be like, yeah, Yeah. they don't know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, nobody's... None of these GMs are hundred percent. They all make mistakes. Like, I, I don't think that we give it's just as a moment of honesty, I don't think you give Howie Roseman a ton of credit for going into the draft two years ago and being able to trade for AJ Brown. I don't know what was going on in John Robinson's head at that point in time. I don't know if he had pictures of him. I have no idea if he did good on you. Right. But like, I don't, you know, Hey, Give us your first round pick and we'll give you AJ Brown. Are you serious? Okay. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, it's like falling into it. It's, yes. that's what it feels like. You know, he reached, he just, whatever. I mean, it's a move he made. But, and obviously, they're, they're putting together just a ridiculous offense. You but, know?
0: but even, but even in that example, they traded their first round pick for AJ Brown. The Cardinals traded their first round pick for Hollywood Brown. Yeah. And the picks are about equal. So yeah.
1: it's a, it's crazy.
0: The Eagles paid the same for A.J. Brown versus what it cost to get Hollywood Brown. So even then, it they he still came out ahead. He did. And it's even really good deal. You no, know I what I mean?
1: He would have, I don't think Howie Ros- Roseman would have looked at Hollywood Brown and thought, let's give up our first round pick for that guy. No. Right? I don't think that's a consideration he would have made. No. I mean, he did take Devontae Smith, but still different, you know. It's a different kind of a player, but yeah. um, the AJ Brown pick is just like, I, you know, it's amazing that that happened. That is still a stunning trade, like, I, yes, <laughs>
0: wow, yeah. You know? Um, and even the mistake, so there's a couple famous mistakes Rager over Justin Jefferson, but it's directionally correct. Like, they needed yeah. a wide receiver, he picked the one he thought was better, and he was wrong. Trading up fake Mitch Trubisky in front of Patrick Mahomes. Is a decision one can make, it but is. the idea of trading up for a quarterback and you pick the quarterback you think is the best is eminently reasonable. Yes, right. Yes, the Bears should have picked Mahomes and not Mitch Trubisky, but it's not like they traded up and took Will Anderson. Yeah, no, I know. Right, uh, it's <laughs> yeah. So that's that's more the point that I'm making. Like even when when good GMs or It's possible to make a mistake, but you make the mistake in the right direction, and eventually those can work themselves out over a longer timeline. Whereas if you keep making the bad mistakes over and over again, it's going to unwork itself out.
1: So I was on Woodward Sports a week and a half or two weeks before the draft, and they asked me, you know, there's rumors about the Lions making calls to Arizona at three. What are they doing? And I'm like, well, they could only be asking about a quarterback. And you would think that I I spoke, you know – crazy stuff into the, into the ether because people <laughs> lost their minds about it and it's like you're not trading up in this particular draft for anything else you're just right. not you shouldn't yeah. be trading up in any draft for for anything else but in this particular draft you shouldn't be doing that which goes back to say you know wow uh okay. that someone else would have been Houston
0: okay so reports mean, that-
1: it would have been Tennessee Tennessee, Tennessee. Would be- was long okay. rumored to want Stroud and would have gone up to three if Stroud would have, were to have been there.
0: Okay, because I thought maybe that was the Lions. Um, yeah. A uh, quick aside: I didn't put this on our list, and so we will get to the wide receivers. How absolutely perfect is Anthony Richardson to the Colts?
1: <clears throat> I, I mean, you're you're asking the wrong person. I love I love his game.
0: I, I do too. Um, I'm, I'm so excited. It, it could not be any better. It could yeah, not be any better.
1: With Steichen, with, uh, with what they have on offense, um, yeah, I mean, it's it should be uh, – people should be really excited about him,
0: really. And I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be starting by like week three or four.
1: So I was talking about that with other people today, and, and um, I don't think it's out of the realm that he starts right away. I think he could.
0: I mean, he could, but um, you could see Garner getting one or two as they try to get like a feel for everything, and
1: maybe, may I mean, maybe it's just it's it's I don't think he's as far away from from uh, playing as people think. You know, everybody thinks we mentioned it last week. You know, the whole scouting report thing. He's he, you know, um, I think he's further along than really a lot of people want to give him credit for. Mm-hmm. And then you you throw in some of the ways he can save himself, and the way they can they can keep they can you know make offense go with him running, um, yeah. I mean I, I you know it, he's a he is a super intriguing player. Without yes. A
0: doubt. Yeah, and the one I'm most excited about in this uh, in this draft class for sure. Um, Atlanta taking Bijan. That's why Atlanta sucks and will stay bad. They'll be average, but that's why they're going to stay average. They'll never do anything. I uh, great
1: London and pits, like yeah, you know, like
0: yeah, they they don't know what they're doing. They're just collecting like all the fanciest pieces. Um, Are you a Transformers fan? Or are you too old for that? <laughs> wow, I'm too old for that. <laughs> um. So, anyways, real quick. Uh, So, uh, the Decepticons, who are the bad guys, they created construction transformers that would come together to create one super powerful transformer. But the yeah. problem is that when they came together, they couldn't have a single stream of consciousness. So even though they were super powerful, they can never win because they can never work well together. So even though each one individually was also very powerful, actually bringing them together made them not as powerful. Yes. His name was Devastator. The Atlanta Devastators is what's happening here. There you go. Um, Like Bijan, great. Drake London, great. Kyle Pitts, great. Offense, 22nd in of the league. I could
1: see, I could see uh, Kyle Pitts getting traded quickly.
0: Seriously, Lions first round pick because they
1: are they are wasting him, and they have to know that. Yeah, right. Like I mean, the London thing is fine, but you don't need two of those guys. And you know, as Pitts sort of flounders there, I think you're you're uh, ruining whatever value you might get. Yeah, I you know I, I just don't know. You drafted Bijan. You want to run the hell out of the ball. That's what they want to do. Pitts is not this blocking guy. That's not that's not his game. I don't, I just there's no reason to have him there. I don't know but, what they'd get for him, but
0: you know. I would, I would, if I'm the Lions, I give a second round pick for Kyle Pitts immediately.
1: I think anybody should give up a, a second round pick for that guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. Uh you, actually, you know who should give up a first round pick for for him? It's Kansas City. I would yeah, yeah. Just immediately right Ooh, in behind head.
1: That offense would look like. <laughs> Congrats. Um, you've won it again.
0: <laughs> um, it'd probably be it probably be the Eagles. They'll be like, listen, we'll flip you Dallas got it in the fourth. <laughs> uh okay. So the wide receivers. So we want to get to the uh the landing spots for the four wide receivers taken in the first round. Um, I'm just gonna say it, I'm gonna give you my thoughts here, and then you just respond to whatever I say, okay? Sure. First, we have uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba goes 20th overall to Seattle. This is a great fit and great draft pick by the Seahawks. Uh, Smith and Jigba is seen as a slot guy, but I think he can play inside and out. He may force Seattle to play more three wide receiver sets and will explode if something happens to DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. Lockett is also turning 31 or 32 this year, so getting such a great value on his replacement is a great pick. This is why I wanted the Lions to take it 12 or 18.
1: Okay, moving on. (laughs) just co-sign i co-sign completely i i think that he uh he takes over for tyler lockett in a year or whatever um i I mean there's no downside to this pick at all
0: can i uh there's one other thing i wanted to put on here but i didn't because i wanted to retort it something that i anticipated you would say which is that i think he takes over for tyler lockett in terms of volume this year because i think Jackson smith and jigba is final form doug baldwin
1: He could be, I mean, you know, we don't, that's the thing is we, we missed him in uh, college football last year and everybody has forgotten how, just how good he was. Yes. And just how ridiculous he was. Mm -hmm. I don't know that he's only a slot guy. So I do think that he's perfectly
0: there. He's Um, 6'1", 196. Jefferson played in the slot too. That's because they had chase.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just kind of how it works when you have, when you have what they've had the last few years Uh, i it's, it's a really interesting landing spot they want to run the ball like crazy but we've seen that you know they're efficient and effective throwing the ball too they have yeah. they they have two tackles they took last year which i think makes it easier to 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 throw the ball mm-hmm. um great landing spot for him it's it's a really interesting place where where he went
0: yep my top prospect in the class at the position and also i think he got the best landing spot man imagine saying that a year ago. All right, uh, Quentin Johnson goes 21st overall to the Chargers. Um, first thing I want to say, I think the Chargers would have been better off taking uh, Jordan Addison.
1: Yeah, I think that they're – I mean, I don't know what the contracts look like for like Mike Williams. Um, it seems to me that they wanted the big-bodied outside X receiver and the guy who absolutely could do that, and they valued that over a guy who – might be able to do that, if that makes sense.
0: So, this is what I wrote down. Quentin Johnson is an interesting fit here. I think the knee-jerk reaction is to say that he is redundant to Big Mike Williams, but Quentin Johnson does not play anywhere near as physical as Big Mike. I think it is more likely that Quentin Johnson takes over the field stretcher role from Dust Ball's Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton.
1: Absolutely, in year one, yes. Uh, Mike Williams is a huge a uh, physical big outside receiver who is, is breaking down. Remember entered the NFL with a neck injury, a bad neck injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this feels like insurance for big out- outside receiver in the inevitability that we have to move on from Mike Williams. And this gives us an opportunity with Keenan Allen in the full, fo- in the fold still to be able to have that outside receiver. That's what it feels like to me. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. It just feels like they they prior, prior, now this is where I think it's it can be bad process. Not that in this particular case it is, but when you when you pigeonhole yourself into saying we're getting a premier outside guy, period, and then sticking to that and taking him at twenty one over a player who may be more productive for them. Um, if you want a big outside guy, you could have you could have moved up a little bit in round two and taken Jonathan Mingo. You could have done that. You know what I mean? So I think it's – I don't think it's the, the best use of of picks, but I understand what they're doing and what they're thinking.
0: Yep. Um. Last point I have on this one, the main reason I am bullish on this pick isn't really to do with Quentin Johnston, but because it signals to me that the Chargers had to actually throw the ball down the field with Herbert. Imagine that.
1: <laughs> that would be great. And <laughs> I think they will with Joe Lombardi gone. Yeah. It'll, and Kellen Moore in. Yep. I mean, think about the three receiver sets they have now with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and, and Quentin Johnston. And if you're scheming things up for Johnston to get the ball in his hands quick, um, Williams is more your sideline, you know, boundary player. It's interesting. It is.
0: Yep. Uh Zay Flowers goes 22nd overall to the Ravens. First things first, rest in peace, Odell Beckham Jr. At least you got that 15 million.
1: You did. Uh
0: they can't take I mean, it from you.
1: <laughs> I love I love the player and I love the fit.
0: Yeah. Uh Zay Flowers is the perfect type of wide receiver to add to the Ravens. He will be impossible to cover on screenable drills and has great hands.
1: Yes. And and the fiery nature in which he plays, the competitiveness, the uh and that's a big deal for receivers. That receivers and corners, I think competitiveness is a big thing. Yeah. Um Flowers has Steve Smith's uh, seal of approval. And that's saying something. That's a good yeah. thing. Uh, he, he'll be a nice fit there. I don't know what's going on with Bateman. I'm not sure how healthy he is. Uh, but when, just when you look at their receivers and you look at the transition in their offense, Baltimore might be a bit of a nightmare to, to deal with this year.
0: The you other you got thing, too.
1: Is- now. You got you got Mark Andrews. Yep. I can't believe I got it. It came out of my mouth right. Is that right? Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. You got that guy. Uh I mean, I love the fit. I think he's a really good player. And at this point in the draft, I think, you know, that's kind of where I thought he would go. Teams somewhere in the, in the early twenties, the mid twenties would kind of fall for him just because of the play style. And, you know, I'm not saying he's bulletproof, but he, he does a lot of stuff really well. And I know he's small, but you know, some of those guys, the way, the way that they can, they can manufacture it. Like you just said, Hey, when I roll out, this is what we're doing. You know, I think that, yep. uh, it's super interesting to think about it that way.
0: Yep. Uh, when combined with Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, the Ravens hit now have a decent to good pass catching core. Flowers is like if you took Devin Duvernay, made him good at football.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> um, that is so hurtful. He's an NFL
1: player. He's an NFL player who got drafted. <laughs> no. it's amazing.
0: There's, always, there's always the Calgary Stampeders.
1: Still getting paid.
0: <laughs> yep. Um, so the other thing I'm,
1: if I'm good enough at anything for somebody to pay me to do it, uh, you know, I'd be pretty proud of it.
0: <laughs> well, nobody's nobody's paying us for this, so I wonder if we should take yeah. a hint. Um uh no, the other thing I'm bullish about for the for the Ravens is that they didn't address running back at all. Tells me JK Dobbins is healthy. Yeah, they didn't draft one, they didn't sign one, like their role with JK Dobbins.
1: I, I, you hope so because he was such a, a an electric player at Ohio State. I mean, he just yeah. he was, and I know his knee injury was bad, like bad bad. But um, what what else did they have in their backfield from last year? That, I mean,
0: Justice Hill, Gus Edwards.
1: Okay, so it's Dobbins or bust. Yeah, kinda. That's good. It is yep. good for
0: him. Um, and the final first round wide receiver, Jordan Addison, goes twenty third overall to the Vikings. Okay, Scott, you're about to be mad at this, but here we go.
1: Mm-mm. Here we go. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it.
0: All right. While the Lions pass on Jackson Smith and Jigba because they have Amon Ross St. Brown, the Vikings understand that you need to have multiple quality wide receivers to compete in the modern NFL. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, was, Is that too subtle?
1: No, I just think. <laughs> I mean, are we... Do, are we just declaring Jamison Williams as a complete total bust at this point?
0: No, but that but that's the favorite of the clubhouse now. For one, receivers that don't play most of their first year, no matter what the reason, have horrible outcomes, you know, traditionally, you know, based on the data. Then you combine it with the knuckleheadness of the gambling like that. Um, it just, the odds of him being a bust now, like... Are going like they're they have to be way higher than they were before to the oh, point yeah, that we're Bell getting Bell, some insurance. Been. Ringing. Yes, they are, but they um, were
1: last year too, though. I don't think that so. It, if anything, it was reaffirming to me that they didn't. If they if they took Jackson Smith and Jigba, say at pick 12, I would have I it would have told me that it was time to cut Jamison Williams from your dynasty rosters because he was done, kind of thing. If that's where they went and the fact that they didn't really, I mean, I know they took Sam Laporta, um, who's a really underrated player. Um, And they took a receiver late who has some, some intriguing upside, but the idea that they didn't do any of this stuff tells me that they still are, there's still some faith that they'll get Jamison back, but um, I'm sidetracking you. I apologize. What were you saying?
0: Uh no, I was just pointing out the Vikings just know that you need a ton of good wide receivers anyways. And even if Jameson Williams was working out, Lions probably still should take Jackson with the but if they had the chance. Um, but I think Jordan Addison, uh, he's the perfect compliment to Justin Jefferson. We saw last year that KJ Osborne, who as a reminder is KJ Osborne, uh was able to have some huge games simply because of attention paid to Jefferson. Soon NFL defenses will learn that they cannot ignore Addison, and that will help out Jefferson too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I was saying I hate it early because yeah. I don't like the idea of the Vikings rolling with Jefferson and Addison and having to deal with that
0: yeah, as that a Lions is... fan.
1: And Especially Hockinson... if Minnesota figures out what to do with the quarterback position in the long term, I it would be something I would worry about. And I've got vibes about this, like I had when, when the Packers drafted Devontae Adams. Yeah, And I just lost my shit about it because <laughs> I kind of knew he was going to be really good, or at least I felt he did. Yeah, And it was just like, you know, it's just, it doesn't have to be like this, you yeah. know? It, it's round two, and they just took the stud. Um, I think Addison has slept on it. I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit. Um, it feels like six months ago, but it was probably just last week. Yeah. Uh, You know, I I mean, I I liked Addison's game. I think he was a much better player at Pittsburgh with volume than he was last year at at USC. Um, I don't like that he went to Minnesota. Don't like
0: it. He strikes me as being like Chris Olave this year, where he's also the most pro ready.
1: He is. He's just, yeah, he runs great routes. I also think he can play outside and inside. Uh, He is a player I worry about. Inside the division, I do. I I think he's a really good football player.
0: Yeah. I also have noted here that Addison is a great fit for quarterback, for a quarterback like Kirk Cousins. Uh, Addison can get open quick and make himself available to Cousins, who is legendarily immobile.
1: (laughs) It is very true. And that's (laughs) part of the concern is that, okay, Thielen's gone and now it's KJ Osborne and, and Jefferson, and you can double Jefferson, and now you can't so much. I mean, you still have to. And Hawkinson. Don't forget like,
0: Hawkinson is there because they use him.
1: I know, I know. So it's yeah. like you have now field stretching tight end. You have Jefferson who's ridiculous. You have uh <laughs> now a really good number two receiver. I think a player who probably will end up one of the better number two receivers in the NFL. I know that's a that's a bold statement, but could I, easily I be a T Higgins
0: situation. Is.
1: He should be he should really be very productive, very quick. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see Minnesota's offense being resurgent uh, when it looked like last year they were just going to be done.
0: Um, Yeah,
1: makes me a little pissed. i got to be honest with you.
0: Yep. My final note, Addison was the fourth wide receiver taking it uh, in the first round. But I think after all said and done, he'll be seen as the second best wide receiver out of of this class, out of this first round, I mean. Um, And I'm going to make a declaration right here. Sorry, Jake. The Chargers made a huge mistake taking Quentin Johnston over him.
1: Maybe, um, I mean, maybe, maybe not. It just depends on what they want to do with Johnston and, and where where he fits in on, like I like we talked about with the Williams stuff.
0: And, um, and I and I think seven years from now, when we're looking back, it won't matter. We'll be like, oh, what yeah. do the Eagles want to do with Rager? Who cares? Like, yeah. you should have taken Jefferson. Okay. What, what do the Texans want to do with Stingley? Who cares? You should have taken Sauce. What yeah. do the Bears want to do with Trubisky? Like, I think it's going to be, not that Johnston's going to bust necessarily, but I think it's just going to be so obvious who the better pick was.
1: Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's, I would we'll say look back
0: if,
1: it, if it were me and I'm and I'm with the Chargers, I'd want Addison over Johnston, but I don't know the dynamic. We don't know exactly what their dynamic is with um uh, trying to get the ball down the field with Herbert, mm-hmm. with what they want to do with their offense. So it's like, you know, maybe they really need that outside weapon. Yeah. And really – in this range, Johnson is the only guy.
0: Yeah. Uh, every, that, all the other
1: ones are they're all
0: small. But let's say like last year's class where you had London at eight, Garrett Wilson at ten, Olave at eleven. Let's say that only Garrett Wilson goes to the Hall of Fame out of all of them. I'm not ready to say though that like it was clearly a mistake to take London ahead no. of him. No, right? Totally. Not different, yet, not yet. But different. what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is that when we look back on this one in a few years, we're going to be like, it, it, like Addison should have been the Chargers pick. Like his wide receiver coach was there. Like all yeah. these other things, it's going to be like yeah. a very obvious, they should have done that sort of thing. So, um, all right. Uh, we're about to get out of here. Scott, one last thing. Is there any other just random draft pick that you thought was just really great or really terrible? I guess what one it just really jumped out to you as being just like super fantastic anywhere in the draft.
1: Um, I'm trying to, I thought Skaronsky at 11 was a really nice pick. Um, but that's too early to be like, I don't think that's kind of what you're asking. Um, It's not
0: also, you definitely coach offensive line.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, uh,
0: and the reason okay. I'm asking is that last year in the in the uh, NFC West preview, when we were discussing the Seahawks, you absolutely nailed Tariq Woolen. You were like that fifth round pick. He's going to be a player. He's going to start. starting by the end of the year. I mean, you were like dead on for him. So I just yeah, wondered if you had anybody.
1: I don't. I don't. I mean, I wish I did. Um, if I do, well, you know what? Let's talk about it next week. I will. I will dial in on uh, a few guys that I think. That sounds terrible. That I. <laughs> so I have, home, I have homework. Two
0: yes. Weeks, so Yeah. So we will be back in two weeks. We're going to go every two weeks here until like training camp starts into July, that sort of thing. And then we'll be back to every week doing the previews and that, Um, that sort of thing. Oh, what's up, Ben? Ben's got to go in here. Jaden Reed going to the Packers broke my heart.
1: Yeah. See, that's, that's if I, if I was, if my brain was functioning right now, he'd be one of the players that I mentioned as I would mention as a really good player Late. Um, I like uh, Tank Dell to Houston.
0: Hey, I, that's I, one of mine. Okay. Yeah. Mind meld. It's yes. Private. Now Tank Dell is four foot eight and eighty two pounds. I don't care. But he's uncoverable.
1: Yes, he seems to be. He seems to be one of those guys who's really difficult to cover.
0: He is the same size, but moves the exact same way as a Jack Russell Terrier. <laughs> you cannot keep up with him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, and it's interesting too because he didn't run like what I would consider super fast, but his his quickness and um, ability to to get in and out of his breaks is just amazing, and mm-hmm. he creates so much separation so easily. Uh, they're not the same player, but when you watch Debo Samuel, and and I loved Debo Samuel's game. Everybody says that now, but if you want to like some pre-draft stuff about Samuel. I wrote it up on uh, Matt Waldman's rookie scouting portfolio. And it's essentially why Debo was so uncoverable in the red zone because he constantly forced defensive backs to turn the wrong way. And, hey, guess what? When you're on the seven-yard line and you've turned the wrong way, you just gave up a touchdown. Yes. And Dell does that stuff. Like, he's the first guy that I've seen, not since Debo. I mean, all all receivers do it, but Dell does it at a high level. Like I don't know how many touchdowns he had last year or how many red zone touchdowns he had, but my guess is it was a lot, because mm-hmm. he's so hard to cover, yep. uh, especially the way they Houston utilized him. They gave him a lot of like motion stuff where where they would let him be on the move, starting into his routes, and he just is he's super hard to cover. Uh, he's a fun player. I'm trying to think of other ones, but uh, you know, um, Kendry Miller I think is an interesting player.
0: Another one of mine.
1: Okay. <laughs> Um, I want to. I kind of want to go into the interior offensive and defensive lines on this, um, because I think those that's where the value a lot of times can be found is is in later in the later picks when you're talking about guards who are just like, all right, that dude's gonna play for a long time, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, two weeks we'll get we'll have a few.
0: Okay, so yeah, we'll come back. We'll have a few uh, in two weeks of. Later round picks that we really like, either the landing spot or the prospects, I think they fell a little bit. I might come up with a couple really, really bad ones because uh, there were some bad picks um, in there. But yeah, uh, yeah we'll come up with a few of those in a couple of weeks. Um, Scott, any final words? No, nope, we're good. All right. Well, once again, political football, we're part of the Madass Media Network. If you're listening on audio, thank you very much. There's a link in the show notes to the YouTube. Please like, subscribe, all that to the YouTube as well. If you're watching live, thank you. If you're in the chat, thank you as well. Uh, Please like the video while you're here. That really does help us out. And we will see everybody in two weeks. Peace.